church. So I have just a couple of announcements real quick, just to let you know. If you notice, Pastor Greg and Pastor Karen are not here this morning. They won't be here next week either. So I just wanted to update you on what they're doing. They're out assisting uh, other pastors who are members of our trained ministers network. So they're with Pastor Rowe and Stephanie Phillips this morning at their church. And then next week, they'll be with Ken and Eve Spicer in Arkansas. So they're out doing the work of the ministry, being a blessing to other pastors who have joined themselves to this house. So just wanted to update you on that so that you would know about it. Also, one other announcement, we are preparing for our special Christmas offering. That's year end. If you didn't get one of these cards, be sure to go to guest services and get one. We do this every year. Um, It's just a free will offering to the Lord. Uh, On December 24th, we'll have a service, about a one-hour communion service here uh, that morning, 10 to 11 a.m. And what we always do is we uh, hand these out early and encourage families to seek the Lord on what he would have you to give. Then we give a time at the end of service where we're, you know, doing worship and we allow families to come up, pray over their offering and, and present it to the Lord. So you may be going, well, what's this for? You know, uh, we'll never shy away from talking about money. In fact, it was probably the thing Jesus talked about the most. And the reason why is because it's the thing that is closest to a lot of people's hearts. <laughs> it represents your life. You know, it represents your life. You go and you spend your, uh, your time and effort in the opportunities that God gives you to increase. And um, so Jesus talked about it a lot. If you can get free from money, you can be free from anything. And so this is an opportunity. This isn't, uh, you know, an obligation. No one's twisting your arm. It's between you and the Lord. And uh, those who are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they're the sons of God. That's really the whole thing, especially with money, is uh, learning to hear the voice of the Lord and be obedient to that, you know. It's not what men tell you you should give. When you hear God speak... And you act on what he says, there's a blessing attached to it, okay? So this is free will offering. It's an opportunity for you uh, to worship the Lord as a family and giving at this time of season when God, you know, we are celebrating God's giving of his greatest gift, which is his son and salvation. Amen. So just wanted to make sure you're aware of that. That way you can be seeking the Lord on what he would have you to give. And be prepared on December 24th. Now, if you're not going to be here that day, you can give it early. So at any time. But it will just be a special time that we've set aside for for us to come together, worship the Lord, and give. All right? All right. I'm going to turn this over to Rebecca and Jack and Paisley. Give them a hand as they come up. Good morning. This is weird. (laughs) Not that we're sitting on the same couch. That's not the weird part. (laughs) So this this month, well, and next month, we'll be doing a trained family. And so this week is a week I get to talk about family. Uh, You notice I said family and not marriage. (laughs) 
I am, I am nowhere near ready to talk about marriage. Uh, God's still dealing with me, so we're just going to... But I do want to talk about today <clears throat> what God put on my heart as soon as, um, you know, this series, uh, Pastor brought it up, was about family and about children, and uh, mostly about older children, teens and young adults, uh, because um, that's, that's where I have some experience, <laughs> And, and teen, teens and young adults who are uh, not doing what they should be doing. When we uh, were married, we weren't, well, I don't know about him. I don't think I ever asked. But I wasn't saved. I didn't think he was, so there you go. <laughs> Here's your mic. Here, 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 you can talk. Just don't say mean things about me. <laughs> so <clears throat> I wasn't saved and so I did not know how to raise godly children. I was not raised in a Christian household, so I had no example of what a, a Christian parent looked like. I didn't know the word of God. I didn't uh, have any of those tools or any of that equipping. And so when when we were married and trying to raise children, I raised him according to the world. I mean, that was my, I don't know about him, but I know for me, uh, raising my children was mostly a response or a reaction to the way I had been raised. I wasn't going to do this. I would never do that. I was always going to do this. It wasn't based on <laughs> wisdom or knowledge or it was just, you know, pride and ego and rebellion and, you know, all of those lovely things. Uh, so I, I made huge mistakes. I made um, lots of errors in raising my kids that uh, had consequences down the road. And, and so that's what I want to talk about today. That's what we want to. That's what we want to focus on because I don't care if you've got kids, you've got problems. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put it that way. If they don't get you in the terrible twos, they're gonna get you in the terrible teens, or they're gonna get you in the terrible twenties. It does. At some point, your kids are gonna give you some trouble. They're gonna give you some trouble. And so I don't, I, I may not know a lot of the things to do right, but I can certainly tell you the wrong things to not do. <laughs> you know, when God created um, the family, Adam and Eve, he created them in his image. Not just Adam and not just Eve, but the family unit. It's a, it's a direct image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Son came from the Father. The Holy Spirit came after the Son. The wife came from the man, and the child came after the woman. I'm telling you, we are to directly image God. And so, uh, whether you're saved or not, you and your family are a target because you are a creation of the Most High. 
Now that tar- that targeting may intensify once you're saved, but uh, I was not saved, and the devil was after my kids. He didn't want me to get saved. He didn't want them to get saved. Uh, he didn't want them to have anything to do with God. He didn't. Uh, but my my mother-in-law would take my two oldest to church with her, and they would pray for my salvation. And they would pray that I would get saved. And then I did. And I began to learn how to be a Christian because you can't be... A, a godly parent if you don't even know how to be a godly person. <laughs> you have to be, you have to know how to follow the word of the Lord and be led by his Holy Spirit before you can even train your children up. I mean, otherwise you're just, uh, you know, you're just, you're just winging it. I don't care how many books you read. <laughs> if it's not coming out of the word of God, you're just winging it and hoping for the best. It's like, you know, throwing it up in the air and hoping something lands in the little circle. Uh, you're, you're, the results are, who knows what the results are going to be. Uh, they can have all the science they want behind it and all the methodology, but that it's not, if it's not founded and grounded in the word of God, you don't know what you're going to get. And it, you probably won't get anything good. If you do, you got lucky. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when God created the family, he had a purpose for it. And I had to learn that purpose. I had to, I had to learn uh, how to be a, a Christian, how to be a disciple. And then I had to learn how to be a wife. And he'll tell you I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get her trained, though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still I'm still being trained, um, and I'm I'm still learning how to be a parent because parenting never stops. Uh, you keep you parent your children their whole life. You grandparent your grandchildren. You parent those that you lead and minister to. It never stops. Parenting is just is just another word for creating disciples. And that's what we're supposed to do. The Great Commission is to make disciples. Well, with our children, we're just making disciples. We're just, we're just training them up in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they do not depart from it. You know, that's what, we, that's what we're for. Uh, that's our purpose with our children. It's not to have them make us look good or uh, shower them with all the gifts and presents in the world and... Um, fulfill our lifelong dreams through their uh, activities and sports. <clears throat> our children are not an extension of our life. They are an extension of our heritage. We don't live through our children. We live for our children. We live our lives to raise them up in the way they should be. And so I had to learn that. I had to learn how to uh, be a parent and my children were older. I think Paisley. This is my daughter Paisley. She um, she's my oldest, so she got all of the good and bad of every single thing. All of the good parts of I didn't know any better, and then all of the bad parts of I didn't know any better. <laughs> she got them all. Um, so she was older. She was I don't know maybe fourteen when I got saved, and so. 
Uh, and then they're, you know, a couple years apart. So my youngest was only like 10, 11 years old. And so they didn't have that foundation. So that, that is the, the most important thing you can do for your child. I don't care if you never buy them one thing. If you, if you never take them to any amusement park, if you're not able to do anything for your children, the greatest and best and most wonderful thing you can do for your children is to give them a foundation in the word of God and teach them and train them. <clears throat> that foundation will carry them throughout their life. I know that because I saw my children's lives with it and without it. The two oldest they were old enough that they were already getting into that uh, rebellious uh, stage and uh, independent stage. And so uh, instead of, you know, being able to discipline and correct, I did a lot of screaming and yelling. <laughs> I did a lot of threatening. I did a lot. But the thing was, I didn't know how to discipline. I didn't know how to correct. So I, I never had any follow through. I'd ground him and an hour later, I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it required effort on my part. And I wasn't disciplined in myself. And so I wasn't able to uh, adhere to the disciplines and corrections that I doled out. And uh, Jack was very nice parent. <laughs> it's easier to give them what they want, you know, what, not what they need, but what they want. Yeah, that's his philosophy. Give them what they want. And so he would, I would beat them and they would go to him and cry and he would love them up. So <laughs> that was, that was the dynamic. <laughs> so that I was, a, I was always, um, the disciplinarian. He did not want, he could not stand to see the children cry. And they knew it, especially this one. <laughs> she would just turn on the tears and she got whatever she wanted. <laughs> it didn't matter how many times I said no. <laughs> but it also led them to not know how to be a Christian, how to be led by the Spirit, how to uh, live out the word. And so getting into the teenage years, they began making choices and decisions that uh, would not bode well for them. And I didn't know how to give them instructions still. It was hard for me to, uh, how could I tell them not to do this or do that when I'd done it? And some of the stuff they'd seen me do. They'd seen me drink. You know, they'd seen me act a fool. You know, how could I tell them not? Like, I didn't know how to navigate these things. And so I just kept having to wait for the Holy Spirit to teach me. And so <clears throat> she was um, graduating high school when my son uh, began his downfall. He began getting high and skipping school, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I mean, Jack was always like, he was harder on the boys, obviously. He was harder on boys. He says, take away his car, take away his keys, take away his money, take away. The girls could do whatever. And he's like, oh, no. But 
which is, which is good. He should have been hard on Derek. But the problem was we didn't know how to parent together. And so he would tell me, do this, do this, do this. And I would be like, no, that's way too mean. Let's soften it up and do this and this. And, and I would say, well, you're not that way on the girls. And, and so I couldn't be that way on Derek, you know. And so it just, he, he just never really got much help. I was, an, I was an enabler. Well, and I, I wasn't much up most of the time anyways. Uh, everybody that knows me knew that I worked the road most of the time. I always worked construction out on the road. She raised these kids pretty much by herself. Uh, I would come in. Uh, uh, I was gone 90% of the time. And uh, she raised most of the kids, and she done most of the display by herself. And uh, that, that made it even tougher on her. And uh, when I'd come in, I, I wouldn't want to be mean to the kids because I hadn't seen them. So, I mean... And and, uh, and and they're not dumb. They could play on that too, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it, it really put her in a tough situation. And yeah. uh, uh, and now looking back on it, I would have definitely changed my career, you know. But yeah, yeah. it it was it was tough. But you know, God will help us through anything. And but I was a new Christian, and so it was. I was just trying to learn. I was, I was trying to learn how to even be a Christian myself, much less trying to create other little Christians. <laughs> so it was, it was hard. And so my, my son got into drugs, and he ended up um, dropping out of high school. And he was on drugs and uh, running wild. And then uh, Paisley... Uh, she got married young, right out of high school. She was 18 and, and was pregnant with my grandson, Caden. And I'll let her tell you how much hers <laughs> that she wants to tell. <laughs> There's a lot to tell, so I'll just keep it brief. Um, I had a lot of medical issues when I was pregnant with my son. And um, they put me on some serious pain medications. And I was on that through at least the better half, second half of my pregnancy. Um, and once I had my son, all of the issues went away medically. Um, however, I was still dependent on the pain medicine. And I was 18 and a new mom and a new wife and did not have the best circle of friends, nor did I know anything about addiction. I had never... None of my family that I knew of at that point had ever dealt with it. So I didn't really have anybody to talk to. I didn't really know what was going on, um, except for that I needed something <laughs> or I was in pain. And so I sought the doctors, um, and they would prescribe me. Th and then, you know, that was a very long time ago before the opioid crisis. and I mean, right at the beginning of all of that. And so it was... They were fairly giving, more giving than they should have been for somebody so young. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I had, I had no idea. <laughs> so that led down just a road of craziness. You know, I, I became more and more dependent. Um, if I couldn't get enough from the doctor as the years went on, then I would find means elsewhere. And that led to, you know, not the greatest circles. Um, and... I was also raising a baby, and I was causing me to be depressed and have severe anxiety, so I sought help for that, and they put me 
on anxiety medications, and so I was taking both. Um, I basically wasn't any resemblance of who I was. I mean, who I really was, I was pretty lost. Um, Lots of stuff happened (laughs) over about a 10-year period. That was about 10 years that um, I was in addiction, and... I would try to get out of it. I would, myself, I would try to seek help, and I did. I had gone to detox facilities and different things. Um, no matter what, God was always there. I was saved when I was nine years old um, at my grandma's church in Missouri, and I was so excited, and I remember just the the love, the unconditional love that I felt as a little kid and so excited to know Jesus. Um, However, there were a lot of rules in the church that I was saved in, and so as I got older, I knew I couldn't live up to these rules that they had told me, you know, I needed to do. And, And so I kind of ran from God a little bit because I thought if I can't live up to his standards, I might as well just do whatever, you know. I just was scared, so... Uh, but he never gave up on me. He never gave up on me. He always um, was drawing me in and seeking me, and uh, even in my darkest times when I thought that my children and my family would be better off without me because I was such a burden, I felt like I was such a burden, Um, he never let me fall completely into the darkness. He would draw me back in. I would be in and out of, you know, church even, trying to get closer to him, and and life would happen, and I'd slip back out again. But he never left me. God was always there with me and building me up and not letting me take that last, you know, being done with it all because there were times that I truly did want to be done with it all. It was overwhelming and scary, and I couldn't fix it by myself. Um, and then he healed me, and he healed me from addiction. It's been eight years now that since then. So. <laughs> And, and I believe it takes him to heal you from that because I've yeah. never, never looked back. I've never considered it. I've never, uh, it seems like a whole different person. It's hard for me to talk about and put my story into words um, sometimes because it, it feels like such a, another lifetime and a different person. And that's all thanks to him. And yeah. so it was really hard um, during that time. Because now I had not one, but I had two of my children that were drug addicts. (laughs) And learning how to parent them. They were both over 18, so, you know, people would tell me, well, you can't do anything for them, just just give them to God. I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever do that. Don't ever say, I'm just going to give them to God. God gave them to you. You're the one who's going to minister to them. You're the one who's going to love them. You're the one who's going to be there for them. You don't want somebody else coming and taking your place. No one's going to love your children like you do. And that's the one, that's the one thing that God, he would, he would tell me. 
just love them. You know, at times I'd want to I'd preach at them and tell them, you know, what the Word said. Uh, but God would say, just love them. Just love them. My son went to jail the first time he went to jail. He kind of like, for years I was traumatized because for about three different times he went to jail. And I think it was over Thanksgiving. And so I would get anxiety at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because I'm waiting for the phone call from, you know, Pawnee County Jail or something. And so he, he went to jail and, and, um, and I thought, you know what? I, I got a captive audience now. <laughs> I'm going to go see him. Every time I'm, I'm able to go see him, I'm going to put money on his card so he can call me. Uh, and that's what I did. Every time he got in trouble and went to jail... Uh, I would, that's what I would do. I would send him books, uh, in jail. And, and I think the second time he was in, uh, he was in Pawnee County and he had gotten saved when he was young at their grandma's church too, going to church with their grandma. He had gotten saved and, uh, but he got filled with the Holy Spirit when he was in jail. He was ministering to the other inmates <laughs> And he was so excited, so when he called me the next day and he was telling me all about it, he was just so excited. And I, I can't tell you the relief that I felt because I thought, now he can really receive from God. Now he can really, uh, God can really work with him. And, but it was hard to watch. It's hard to watch him knowing you know, that they're on drugs, that they're throwing their life away, that they're damaging themselves. And, and, and with him, I never knew, you know, is this time he's going he's gonna to never get out? Is this the time, you know, I'm going to get the phone call? Every time the phone would ring, I would, and it was a number I didn't know. I would be sick at my stomach because I didn't know if it was jail or the cops or the coroner. And after a while, it was the same with her. I didn't, I didn't know what, you know, I could get a phone call and from them even, and it would be something horrible was happening, you know. And I, I just, it was terrifying all the time. And so I had to learn. <laughs> I had to learn to trust God. I had to learn to trust God. But I also had to learn uh, my part. I had to learn what I could do. That I could pray. That I could take authority over them. That I could show them the love of God. That I could be there for them. That I could, I could help them. That they always had a place. That they always had help. That they always had love. I, I could do that. And God was teaching me how to do those things. He was teaching me how to be that type, that parent that was needed in that circumstance. Um, and it was, but it was very difficult. It was, it was hard. And, and people would say, even Jack would tell me, just let him, just let him go. Just let him alone. Let him, they'll figure it out. Just, you know, they would, 
I, I couldn't do that, though. I couldn't do that. And, and so I would, Derek would do good, and I would let him come back home, and, you know, he'd get out of jail. He'd be clean. He'd be wanting to do right. He'd be going to church. He'd be doing everything. And so I'd let him come stay with us, and then little by little, he'd start slipping again. I mean, I had to do some hard things as a parent. I had to, I couldn't let him be, live in my house when he was doing drugs and, and around people who were doing that. And I had to take him one day and I'd taken him to court. He was in trouble again and it was winter. I think it was about January or February. And because, you know, he always, went, he always went to jail around Thanksgiving. So <laughs> this was... <laughs> This was after the first of the year. It was getting cold. But I, I said, well, where am I taking you? And he gave me directions. And when we got there, it was out in the middle of a field. It was an old abandoned mobile home that had no water, no electricity, no utilities. They'd been using it for feed storage, but they were allowing him to stay there. And then I had to let him, had to let him get out of my car and say, I love you, Sam. No one, he's living in a shack. (laughs) So there's things that I had to do that were hard, but God was always faithful to me. He always helped me. And I went through so many things like that, so many times. With With her, I would... You know, worry for my grandkids. I would worry for my uh, my grandson. He was going to school, and and sometimes she didn't always want to get up with him, and and I would I would worry he wouldn't. You know, he would miss too much school, and you know, was he getting breakfast? And you know, there's just things that you you worry about. So I had to fight getting in anxiety. I had to fight getting into fear. I had to. Um, learn how to trust God and receive his grace and, and be able to just keep joy in my heart no matter what. And I had to learn uh, to listen to my husband when he would tell me things. <laughs> when he would say, don't do that. Don't bail him out. <laughs> and I can, I'm proud to say that's one thing I never did. I never bailed him out of jail. I would, I would buy him warm socks in the winter for the gels that were freezing cold. And I would put money on his card and so, so he could call me. And I would put extra money so he could buy ramen noodles. And <laughs> but I'd never bailed him out. So if he was in there for six months or however long it was, that's how long he was in there until they let him out on his own. And I'm glad I did that because it, it allowed me to have time to minister to him. And by minister, I don't mean talk the word to him. I mean show the word to him by loving him and being there for him. And But these were things I had to learn. And it seemed like he was always smarter about it. And I don't know if it's just a guy thing or if it's just the head of the house thing or whatever. But he was always like, no, don't do that. No, you need to do this. And I'd be like, no, that's stupid. And I'd do what I wanted and then it'd blow up in my face. Uh, but I had to learn uh, to, to trust that God was leading him just like he was leading me. And that we could do it together. <laughs> <laughs> that we could do it together and we could we could navigate and it gave me rest 
It gave me rest and peace when I could say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And he could say, well, just forget about it for now. There's nothing you can do right now. When the time comes, we'll, we'll figure out what to do. But, you know, I like to wring my hands 24-7, so <laughs> that wasn't easy. So I had to listen to him tell me, you know, tell me those things. And um, all, of the, all of the hard times that every hard time my kid went through, I went through. Doesn't matter how far away they were. Uh, one, at one point, she was living in Michigan. And God was saying to me, I was praying for her. Man, I was praying. The Holy Spirit was prompting me to pray. And I would pray and pray and pray. And God said to me, you need to tell her if she doesn't stop, she's going to die. And I called her and I said, Paisley, God said, if you don't stop, you're going to die. And she said, I know, Mom. He told me the same thing. Everything your kids go through, you go through. (laughs) They drag you through it. (laughs) They drag you through it. If you love them, you're going to go through it with them. But you have to learn how to navigate. You have to trust in God. You have to trust that he's going to give you the things to say. You have to trust that he's there with them, ministering to them. And, and use your authority and use your dominion. Use the power of the Holy Spirit to, to call people to them that are going to bring them the word. To call people to them that are going to show them love and minister to them. And use that same dominion and authority to remove those people from their life that don't have any business being there. To get rid of those people. You can pray them out of their life. You can get rid of it, just like vermin. You can just, you can just pray, 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 and that's just like poisoning to them rats. Gets rid of them. It's not that you're helpless. It's not that there's nothing you can do. You may not have control over their thinking and over their emotions and over their decision-making, but you've got something better because you've got a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And when you learn how to use that relationship to the advantage of your children, man, you see things change. You know, at one point, my son, he, he was a meth IV user. And when he decided to follow Jesus once again, God delivered him just like that. He laid it down. He didn't have to detox. He didn't have DTs. He didn't have withdrawals. He didn't have nothing. And he was clean and sober for probably two years. And then the enemy came. See, what happened with with our kids was, We didn't train them up. So they didn't know how to handle adversity. They didn't know how to handle the lies of the enemy. They didn't know how to navigate the temptations of the world. They didn't know how to overcome and be overcomers. Because we didn't teach them that. Because we didn't know that. We didn't know how to be a disciple If you can't be a disciple, if you're not a disciple, you can't disciple anyone. You can't make somebody into 
what you're not. Like, you can't do that. You cannot reproduce yourself into a person that you're going to get. That's exactly what I did. I reproduced myself, <laughs> this person who was lost and had, had no knowledge and had no way and had no structure and had no foundation. This is what I reproduced in my children. You think it doesn't matter that you don't speak the word of God in your house every day? You think it doesn't matter that you don't pray out loud over your children and with your children every day? You are wrong. You are dead wrong. And if you're not careful, they're going to be the ones who suffer. This is vital. This is the foundation. This is, this is how we train up our children. This is, this is called training to reign. You have to teach them how to pray, how to speak the word of God, how to be led by the spirit, how to be in a right relationship with the Lord. And you teach them that, that not just by saying it, And then skip in church every time the sun is shining and you want to take the boat out. Did you look away? (laughs) At least he owned it. At least he owned it. Uh, You do this by living it. By living this life. And, And... and, and I didn't do that for my kids. And so they didn't know how to live life. They didn't know how to, how to do anything according to the word of God. Because I didn't teach them that. They've had to figure it out on their own. Praise God that they did. But, you know, as they got older, um, my youngest one, she was like 11. And so she got to got to have a little more and she was a little more pliable she was young enough I still had I still had a little window of time uh, to be able to to get something in her and you know even after she got older and she did you know she did the normal what we consider the normal things you know had boyfriends drank partied, whatever, but she worked, she, she had a, she went to school, she had a good career, she took care of her son, um, you know, she, and then she would always listen to what I would tell her, she would seek my wisdom and seek my advice, and, and when I would tell her something, she would listen, and, uh, and so she, she was more receptive, because she had some foundation, (laughs) she had some uh, impartation from us before she, you know, got to that place where we just, everything we said was want, 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 you know, <laughs> when they just, their ears get muffled and <laughs> they don't hear a word you say. And so I could see a difference in her than with my other two. And, and the only thing I can attribute it to is the, is the word of God, the spirit of God in her. And, and being able to have had that extra time to be able to give some impartation to her. And so I can, I can tell you how important it is by life experience 
to be raising up your children this way, to be teaching them the word of God. They are not too young to, to hear the Bible read to them. They're not too young to read it. They are not too young to learn the word of God. They are not too young to learn how to pray. We think it's so cute when children pray and we cry. Why? Because it seems so rare. But it should be an everyday occurrence. Your little five-year-old should be coming and laying hands on you every time you say you don't feel good or, or whatever. The, you know, anytime they feel like you've deviated, they need to be coming and laying in hands on you. Just like, why? Because they've seen you do it. If they're not doing it, it's because they haven't seen you doing it. Just a little secret. Your children will tell off on you, either directly or indirectly, because they're going to do what you do. So when when people see your children doing something and you try to make excuses, give it up. Just own it. (laughs) Just own it because we know where it came from. (laughs) But we need to have our children be doing that. They, They don't have to be old to be filled with the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. Who said that? Who said that they have to be uh, grown to be able to receive the Spirit of God and pray by the Spirit to lay hands on people and have, uh, have them be healed and have them be delivered and set free? There is nothing like the faith of a child. You can teach your children. Listen, if you can convince your kids of Santa Claus, you can convince them of the Spirit of God. I mean, that's, we teach our kids about all kinds of fake critters, (laughs) the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and, uh, you know, we don't, we, but we shy away from teaching them about the spirit of God. We shy away from teaching them about the enemy. Because I'm going to tell you, you can teach your kids all about God, but if you don't also teach them that this is the enemy and this is what he's going to come to do and this is what he's going to tempt you to do because all he's all about tempting us into unrighteousness. And he's going to come for your kids because they are your weak spot. They're your weak spot. Because you love them more than you love yourself. You would do anything for them. And so he can, he can get them and he can use them. Not just, to, not just to bring destruction to their lives, but also to bring destruction to yours. Because you can get distracted. And you can lose focus and you can lose purpose. The last time my son was in jail, he was in for quite a while, and he was facing a lot of time. I really, I had to every, every second of every day say, God, I trust you. It's going to be what you want. It's going to be your way. It's your plan. It's your purpose, and I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there because he was facing 15 years minimum. That was the minimum sentence by law they were allowed to give him. For the charges he was facing. And so I had to just. I had to trust God. I had to give it to God. And God knew what was best for him. 
But he didn't have to go to jail. He didn't have to go to prison. He spent like four months in county or six months in county, and then he got out, and he went through drug court, and that was the best thing that ever happened to him. But he purposed to do it. He purposed to get through it, and he, he came to church, and he gave his life back to God, and, and God helped him. <clears throat> now, he's had some rough spots, but he's been almost eight years now. I haven't gotten any phone calls. <laughs> I haven't gotten any phone calls. I, I can sleep at night. I, I can uh, have conversations with him and enjoy my relationship with him. As it's hard when they're on drugs to have a relationship with them. And like Paisley said, it's about the same amount of time for her and... It's amazing what God has done in her life. He has redeemed the time. He has redeemed the time, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Everything. I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I had a suitcase of clothes for me and my oldest son, and we moved in with them, and that was it. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. I had dependent on other people to take care of me up to that point. Um, I couldn't keep a job because of the addiction. Um, So I had nothing. And God, so many opportunities. I mean, things that I can only account, you know, him for because I shouldn't have got a lot of it. I mean, I had no experience to get some of the jobs that I got. Um, Buying a car just a few months later, um, now I'm married and I have my own home and multiple cars and not that the material things matter, but I'm able to be normal. You know, I just, I have a life that I, I never could have even dreamed for myself, but that he wanted for me and, and I'm so grateful to him, um, and my beautiful son and my stepdaughter. And so. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Amen. Don't give up on your kids. <laughs> Did you always pray for them? I mean, and teach them. Like she said, uh, the enemy comes at us and all of us. And if they don't know what that is and what that looks like, it's hard. You just believe it. You know, you believe the lies if you don't know the truth. And so that's important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son, he loves to give his testimony um, and tell people all of the things that God has done for him because he should be dead, according to the world. He should be dead many times over. Uh, He was in a pretty bad motorcycle wreck at one point, and um, uh, he didn't walk away. But he is walking now. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was injured, but it could have been worse. He should have been dead. They were shocked when they found him alive. Uh, how far he was from the road, how fast he'd been going. He didn't have on a helmet and all of that stuff, you know. Um, he had been drinking and riding a motorcycle, and who knew what else he was doing. But, and he wrecked it. And um, that was another hard time, you know, getting that phone call. Like I tell you, the phone calls you get sometimes are pretty bad. Um, But I just always had to trust God. And there were times that God gave me a word for my son when he was about 12. Right? I don't know if I'd even been saved a year. And, And 
I had gotten a burden to pray for him. I didn't even know what that was. And I didn't know how to pray in the spirit. So there's that. And, and so I just prayed for my son for hours and hours and hours because I couldn't do anything else. Like I couldn't, I couldn't leave his bedside. I was just praying for his life. And, and then all of a sudden after hours, God said to me, he would live and not die. Well, I didn't even know that was a scripture anywhere. (laughs) I didn't even know those words were actually in the Bible. That's how young in the faith I was. And and so, you know, when I, I'm driving to the hospital, not knowing what I'm going to find, but at least he's in the hospital. I did, you know, at least I knew he wasn't dead yet anyway. I, I just had to hold on to that word. I had to hold on to that promise. And, and I, I would just, over and over, I just said, God, you told me he would live and not die. You said he would live and not die. He's going to live. And the enemy would come and he would say, yes, but he didn't tell you what condition that life would be. And I said, no. God's, the only life God knows is the abundant life. And so if he said he will live, he will live with the abundant life. He's not going to be crippled. He's not going to be in no wheelchair. He's not going to have no brain damage. He's not going to, no, none of that. I'm not taking it. I'm not listening to it. So that 30-minute drive into Tulsa was a long 30. It's, it was a long drive battling that in my mind. But those are the things that I had to learn from God. And then I was, over the years, I have tried to teach my kids. Even though they're grown, you know, she's got kids of her own. And Caden, bless her, her heart, will be 18 in February. And he's... He survived. <laughs> He's like headstrong like her. And he's like, Mom, 18, I'm moving out. Yeah. It's like, mm, well, good luck with that. <laughs> so now I get to start praying for him like I did my kids, you know, when they moved out. But it, it's, it's hard. But you got to tell him the devil's going to come and try to do this. He's going to come and it's going to look like this. It's gonna try, he's going to try to talk you into doing these kinds of things. But when you do what God wants, this is what you'll have. When you follow God's way, this is how your life is going to turn out. This is how it's going to be. I would always tell him, especially my son, once I got that word from God that he would live and not die, I would tell him, you'll never get away with anything. The Holy Spirit will tell on you every single time. And I tell my grandkids now, you'll never get away with anything. And so sure enough, Every time they would do something, I would find out. I would show up. Something would happen, and I would show up, catch them at the party, or <laughs> somebody would tell me, and then I'd be like three days later, so I heard that you were, and they're like, <sighs> shocked. How did you know? And I was telling them, the Holy Spirit told me, and they'd say, oh, so-and-so told you. That's right. The Holy Spirit told them to tell me. <laughs> But God had a hand on my kids, just like he's got a hand on your kids. And he's not going to let, it get, let them get away with stuff. You need to be praying that over your kids. Lord, let everything they do re, be revealed. Don't let them get away with nothing for one second. Because if they get away with it once, they're going to try to get away with it again. It's going to make it easy for them to go down that rabbit hole. 
When they don't get in trouble, when they don't get caught, when they don't get busted, when they don't have to go to jail, when they don't have to spend a night in the tank, when they don't get any, sir, any consequences for their actions because they don't get caught, it makes it easy to continue living a life that is contrary to everything God has purposed and planned for them. So you want them to get caught. You want the Holy Spirit to be telling off on them, whether he's telling you or telling the cop down the street to catch them. Because that lets them know. And I tell them every time, it's God. He's watching you. He ain't going to let you get away with that. But I believed it and I lived by that. And I taught my kids to live by that. And I know she tells him the same oh, thing. I tell Caden the same thing. And it's true. It's yes. like, Every single time, I'm like, you're not going to get away with anything. He's going to tell me. I'm going to know. So he knows. He, That's right. And he believes it, and he should. So he's, <laughs> he's had eight years at least for me to be able to speak into his life and her, you yeah. know, in the times before that when I wasn't. And so he's he's got a good foundation. And even though the enemy tries to... You know, tell me I need to worry about him and his, you know, just just the fear, not the general. Um, I'm learning that I don't have to I don't have to fear for him. I don't have to worry. He's going to go down the same path that I did because he's not. He's not in Jesus name. I know he's not. So, yeah, I'm grateful for for her. I'm grateful for my grandmother. I'm, I'm grateful for. I know lots of you have known me. Some of you have known me for a long time and prayed for me at times when um, I needed it. And so thank you, everyone, too. Yeah. yeah. We've, had, we've had our ups and downs like any family. Uh, I chose not to talk about marriage today, not because I can't. I can. I can tell you all of the things never to do. I'm the poster child of what not to do in a marriage. That's me. Um, but I, my kids, my kids had such a hard time. It seemed like by the time I got saved, that that, that was always our focus. And so really our, our problems never really came to light until after uh, they kind of were more grown and and had been out of the house a few years and we were able to be like oh hey there you are <laughs> because we were just so focused on them all the time you know uh helping helping our kids and helping our grandkids um because you're not a good parent if you're on drugs i don't care how many prescriptions you have for them and you can be mad at me if you want i i'll take it I'll take it, and we can have conversation about that all day long. Because I've been on prescription and anxieties and ADHDs and things, and so I can tell you. And then I've experienced my children being on uh, prescription drugs and street drugs. So I can tell you, if your mind is altered, you can't be a good parent. And so, you know, we we had to worry about our grandkids, too. You know, my son had uh, had a daughter, and and his her mom had no help from him because he's in the toilet, <laughs> and so I didn't want my my granddaughter Lily. She comes with me all the time. If y'all see her with me, that's my Lily. Um, so her they were young, they were teenagers, 
and and she didn't have the best family, and so I had to step in and help. So I actually had my granddaughter um, every day because she was still in school and had to go to school. And so we're bonded. And then, you know, Caden, I had him quite a bit because of her situation. So we bonded. Like, our bonds are really tight. You would think we're more like parent and child than parent and grandparent. Uh, and my, my grandson, Connor, because my daughter was so young when she had him and she was still in school. And so we have this, these bonds. My two uh, younger ones from my son, we're not as bonded uh, with that uh, type of relationship. I get to meet more of a grandparent. I didn't have to worry about them so much every day. I didn't have to, you know... And, and so it changes the dynamics of even with your grandchildren when your children are not living um, a godly life, when they're not uh, being disciples, it affects your relationship even with your grandchildren. And so we, we did never get to really worry about us. He finally came home off of the road. Um, what was it, like 2012 maybe? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and um, that was fun. That was fun. Because <clears throat> I, I, I was used to living alone. <laughs> and then this guy moved in. <laughs> and, and so we, that was, it hasn't been that long, really, like 10 years that we've been even uh, semi-focusing on us. And so really it was like, if we had a fight, it was usually over the children and it wasn't over you know who was who was going to discipline it was over no you're not belling them out or <laughs> no you're not giving them money or you know you know things like that so uh it was a little different uh and so we didn't we did we thought we'd talk about kids today cuz that's what we know we thought we would talk about um uh the the hard things about kids the hard ways that they can go and the hard lives that they can live and I wanted, to, I wanted my daughter to be able to share her side of things um, because it, it matters that they know that you're there. They may seem, it may, they may say contrary because when they're, when they're on drugs, they're not going to, that's not who they are. That's not the real person. You've got some, some altered version of them. And all of their worst, based nature's flesh is going to be what you see. But what they see is going to be you loving them. And so it matters to them. It matters that they know that it didn't matter. She'd come in my house. She'd throw a fit. We'd fight. Oh, good Lord, we'd fight. Because I'd try to tell her something, and she didn't want to hear it. And it was like she was always on the defensive. My son, too. It didn't matter. They were immediately on the defensive when I came around. And that's just the spirits. That's not your children. That's the spirits. And... uh, and, and so we'd fight or whatever, and then, you know, I'd call her the next day, and she'd still be all puffed up, mad at me. And I'm like, oh, do you want to go shopping? You know, I just, I, it's not that I ignored the things that were going on. I didn't let them stop me from trying to have a relationship with my children. I didn't hand them over to God and then not have nothing to do with them. I didn't care if they acted a fool, and they could cuss and scream at me and yell at me. Listen, I've been called 
many, many names, many, many times in really loud voices. And it didn't change not one ounce of how I felt about my kids because I knew that wasn't them. It didn't stop me from loving them. It didn't stop me from pursuing them, to have relationship with them, to be a mother to them, to be a friend to them, to show them the love of Christ. It didn't change any of that. I didn't let it change any of that. And I I know that it made an impact on them because they didn't, I'm not just the first one that they call when they're in trouble. I'm the first one they call when things are good, too. I'm the first one they call when they got something to celebrate. I'm the one they call when they need advice, when they need help making a regular life decision, when they need counsel in their relationships, when they need some wisdom about their kids. I'm the one they call. But that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be there I wouldn't be able to, to be a witness to them if I didn't keep loving them through all of that stuff. Through the good stuff and the bad stuff. We have to keep, we have to keep loving our kids no matter what they do. And loving them doesn't mean from a distance. I understand that sometimes you think that that, that, you know, you can't have them around. But you can create a situation where you can have time with your child. Whether it's on per, in person or on the phone. Even with teenagers, it may seem impossible. But trust me, you can create a situation where you can have some time with your child. To be able to just love them. And loving your children is not just grabbing a hold of them and smothering them with kisses, which I love that too. (laughs) But it is being present and giving them your attention and listening to what they say. Listening to their heart and loving them that way. Just the same way. They want the same things we want. They want the same relationships that we want. They want, ha- they want to have friends. They want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to be loved. They want to be treated with respect and honor. They want to have dignity. Even if they're living a life that, is, that, that, that all of that stuff just disappears and, 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 and they, they're full of shame and guilt and condemnation, that's not what they want. And so we have to give them what they want. We have to give them what they desire from us as parents. And we have to uh, keep loving them. Because at some point, it's going to turn around. God says he sent forth his word and it doesn't come back to him void. What that means is when you speak God's word over your children, you declare his word in their life. You proclaim his authority and dominion over them. And you speak those words of life. They're not going to come back to you dead. They're going to have an impact in them. And they're going to come back to God. You, you are just the carrier. You're just the voice that speaks those words. But those are the words of God that have power. And they have life. And they're going to go into your kids. And they're going to help them. And they're going to, they're going to make them 
uh, have a change of mind and have a change of heart. They're going to they're gonna be who you always wanted them to be and who they want to be. No one wants to live a, a crap life. Well, two people don't. I got two amens. <laughs> kind of stunned about that right now. No one wants to live a life that is full of misery and torment and torture. We want to live the abundant life. We want to live a life that is good and beautiful. And we have to help our children do that. We have to train them up. You have to train them up. I know that sounds like I'm really being hard and judgmental when I say you have to make disciples out of your children. And if you're not reading the word out loud to them every day and praying out loud with them and over them every day, I'm telling you. You want to raise a kid that you don't got to worry about these kinds of things because you know when the devil comes and says, oh, all your friends are doing it. Just a little bit ain't going to hurt. Just one time isn't going to matter. You're going to know that your kids have the word in them, that they're going to be able to say, oh, get thee behind me. (laughs) They're going to be able to say, no, thank you. I don't go for that. They're going to be able to be bold and stand strong in their faith. They're going to be able to resist the temptations of the enemy. And they're going to be able to live in their righteousness. They're going to know they're righteous. They're going to have their identity already. Man, could you imagine it at 15 years old, 18 years old, 25 years old? I mean, even me at 25, I didn't know. I didn't know who I was, much less who I was in Christ. I couldn't imagine having my identity in Christ signed, sealed, and delivered at that young of an age. (laughs) What a difference these things would make in our kids' lives, you know. So that I just want to tell you guys that, that, you know, it's never too late. I don't care how old your children are. I don't care if they're 20 or 50. It's never too late. It's never too late. Don't give up on them and don't give up on God. Keep on pursuing them with love. Keep on reaching out to them and, and help them. And if your kids are good, you think, oh, my kids are good. If they're not in church and they're not raising disciples out of your grandchildren, grandma and grandpa, you better step up. You better step up and you better be speaking into your children's lives so that they can start raising up your grandchildren in a way that they're going to have this abundant life. I... uh, We've gone through a lot of things. We've gone through a lot of ups and downs and um, loss. I lost my nephew to a drug overdose when he was 30. I watched my sister go through that. Of course, we went through that. And so it's hard to uh, navigate this life and navigate uh, the horrors that can take place. And, and stay full of faith and full of joy and full of peace. But that's what the Holy Spirit is for. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. And uh, 
I just, I just felt really strongly that I just, we needed to just share about, you know, what God being faithful to us and God being gracious to us through all of these things that we've lived. I just felt that was important for us to share that, even though I did most of the sharing. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just talk too much when I start talking. You didn't it. have your microphone. Yeah, I say I just talk too much when I get started, so I let her do most of the talking. That's actually true. <laughs> that is actually true. It just he wasn't he didn't want to he didn't want to have to say nothing in front of people. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm proud of him for getting up here anyway. <laughs> That's way outside his comfort zone. <laughs> That's way outside his comfort zone. So I, I just want to take a minute and I want to, I want to pray. I know that after um, we, we have the ministers up here to pray with anybody uh, who wants prayer and agree with you about things. But I'm just going to take a minute and I want to, if you, let's stand up. I want everybody to get in the right attitude. I want you to wake up. I've seen some yawns. That tells me breakfast is wearing off. So I just want to take a minute and I want to, I want to pray over the families. I want to pray over all of our children. And I encourage you to pray with me and, and really uh, take your authority and take dominion and take the word of God as a sword it's meant to be used as to defeat the enemy as he comes against your marriages and your children and your grandchildren and your relationships with them. Father, I give you praise and glory. Lord, there is no one like you. You are so worthy of all of our honor and all of our worship. Lord, you alone have the wisdom to lead us and guide us in all of your truth. You alone, Father, are the one who gives us all of the authority to carry out your word, to carry out your kingdom on this earth father you are the one who gives us all of the power and the might through your spirit lord to be overcomers and to be the ones who are victorious over all of the onslaught of the enemy i thank you father god for your mercy that you pour out upon us every minute of every day in the grace that you give us lord I thank you, Father, for each and every family here, Lord. And first, I want to pray over the fathers, over the men. I pray over the fathers, Lord, that you would empower them, Lord, that you would empower them with the knowledge of you. And in that knowledge of you, that they would see their position as the head of the family, that they see you as the head, Lord. And so they can see themselves in you as the head of their family. They can see themselves, Lord, as a head, as a leader, as a man of God, as a mighty man of valor rising up over their home to be the protector and to be the provider. That you equip them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit right now, filling them with that power, Lord, to be the leaders and to be the fathers, to be the daddies, to be the husbands, to be the men, to be the ones, Lord, who are there, who are there for their wives, who are there for their children. I pray, Father God, and I speak boldness into them to rise up any rebellious voice that tries to come, 
whether it's through the children or even the wife, Lord, that they are bold to stand on your word and speak your truth, Lord, so that your purposes come and, and are played out in their lives. Lord, that they are not undermined, that they resist the temptation to give in to being uh, quiet and to, and to take a back seat, Lord, that they rise up and be men and speak your truth, Father, over their families and into their families. Lord, to raise up godly households and to exert your authority, Lord, your authority, so that their families can be protected and can be provided for. So that they can love unconditionally. So that they know how to love, Lord. Help these fathers. Help these husbands, Lord. To know how to love their wives and to love their children. As they also learn how to lead. And as they learn how to follow your spirit in all truth. Help the wives, Lord, to submit today. Help them to submit, Lord, to you. To know your word. And to know your truth. And to recognize that truth that is as it is declared from their husband's mouths. To recognize it and to submit to it. And through that submission to gain power and to gain authority that comes through the headship of their husbands. And to be able to be the providers and protectors of the children along with their husbands. To be able to stand against all the temptation of the enemy that will come against them to try to rise up and usurp the authority of the husband. I thank you, Father, for the boldness to be loving wives and to be respectful wives and to be gracious wives and showing forth such glorious adornment in those things i thank you father for the children for the children of marriages that you have blessed and and brought forth for the children of these uh disciples that are here with us today our brothers and sisters in christ all of these children father all of the children over in our kids building and in our in our uh Youth building, I thank you, Lord, for those children. And right now I speak over them. I speak over them and I declare the word of God in their life. I declare your word be done in their life. I declare that they rise up, Father, as leaders and men and women of God. I declare that they are filled with your Holy Spirit. I rebuke the enemy from coming against them. I rebuke the enemy from trying to lie to them or tempt them into unrighteousness, from trying to coax them into doing things that you would not have them to do. I pray over them, Lord, that they are always able to recognize your spirit, Lord. I just say, fill them Holy Spirit right now with your power and give them the eyes to see your word and the eyes to see the truth of God in their lives and the lies of the enemy that are around them and come against them I speak over them for health and healing I speak over any sickness and disease that is in any family and in any child and I rebuke it right now in Jesus name and I command those things to leave I command all symptoms to stop I don't care if they say this is the flu season or the cold season it's the God season for us and we're going to walk in health and we're going to walk in life we're going to rebuke those things and refuse to participate in them I speak over our children to be healthy and to be wise in the wisdom of the Lord and to to at this young age all the way down from the babies in the nursery all the way up to our youth here with us today I just impart to you right now the spirit of God with wisdom and knowledge 
and revelation of him into your hearts and into your lives. We just speak forth that word. Parents, just declare over your children that they receive the impartation of the Spirit through you, through your words, through all of the declarations that you make that are in line with the Word of God. We just minister to those children right now by the Holy Spirit and say to be strengthened and to be renewed in their minds and to receive the revelation of of Jesus Christ and all that He has done for them. I thank you, Father, for families. I thank you, Father, for this time and this opportunity to be able to uh, minister to families and to be able to minister to those who are hurting and those who are lost and those who are in need. And right now, Father, I just say if anyone is struggling with addiction, if anyone is struggling under any kind of oppression or any kind of torment, I just say, Father, that they are free right now in Jesus' name. And if they need prayer, that they come forth, Father, that they come forth to be prayed over, to have someone agree with them, to free them, to release them, to, to heal them, Lord. You can be healed right now in Jesus' name. And we speak forth that healing. We rebuke addiction and we say, be gone in Jesus' name. We rebuke depression in Jesus name and and we just declare your mind is healed and your emotions are healed that you are whole that you are filled with the life and the light of Jesus Christ that the enemy has nothing in you he has nothing in you because you've been redeemed from the curse of the law so you cannot receive any curse he sends forth so we just rebuke them right back to him in Jesus name we refuse to partake of anything that he has to offer us we just reject it right now in Jesus name There is no deficiency. There is no lack. There is nothing that we have need of because God has given us everything. He has given us of his life and his light. He has given us of his His body and his blood. We took the body and the blood this morning in communion and we received into ourselves the very life of God. And through that life in us comes the light and comes the power and comes the authority to reign and rule in this life and not be overcome but to be overcomers to be victorious, to stand bold and confident, to have on all of the, all of the, all of the uh, armor of God, to be shielded and protected by his word and not be uh, subject to the things of the enemy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name over every family. I pray, Lord, that they are blessed and prosperous. I pray as they go forth this week that they receive, Lord, so much vision of you in their lives. That they see you everywhere they look. That they see your goodness. They see your mercy. And they see your grace every time they turn around, Father. And that they it just causes them to celebrate in their hearts and to have such joy and peace, Lord. In, in their lives and as they uh, live out and live on purpose for you, Father. That you continue to give them direction and wisdom by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank everybody for coming this morning and letting us, mostly me, share. <laughs> And I want to remind you, our ministers will be up here. So if you need someone to agree with you in prayer, uh, to make sure that you come up and, and have them do that for you. And I guess we'll see everybody on Wednesday. We get to have church on Wednesday this week. Yay, Pastor Kevin is back with Galatians. So come ready to learn. Hallelujah.